0: This episode of the Pixels and Pads podcast is brought to you by Soul Surplus. Soul Surplus is a full-service music production company that creates original music compositions for music producers, filmmakers, and content creators. They strive to create quality music that helps jumpstart the creative process without the hassle of sample clearance. Whether you're a segment producer looking for new music for your next project or you're a content creator looking for music for your next YouTube episode, head to soulsurplus.com and use the code PIXELS in all caps to save 15% on your next purchase. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pixels and Pads podcast, Episode 9. I'm your host, Wes Pendleton.
1: And I'm your co-host, John McNeil.
0: We appreciate you guys checking in for the show. If you haven't seen recently, we have actually uploaded all of our episodes onto the Soul Surplus YouTube channel. Uh, The the podcast is now officially powered by Soul Surplus. It is a Soul Surplus product. So you'll hear that pre-roll that you just heard every episode moving forward so with that being said please continue to listen but also go to our youtube page and subscribe if you already haven't we'd be even more grateful if you left us a review and a like but anyway with all that being said let's get on into the episode so today we have a great guest uh and a new friend of ours actually that I didn't even realize that i had actually had some paths with uh and it just kind of randomly we we found out a couple months back that uh that our paths are kind of intertwined in in a way so um our guest today hails from sunny california uh newly hailing from sunny california uh he's a producer he's been doing this full time for just over a year and a half maybe around two years i think from the last time i checked He's becoming a YouTube sensation day by day, month by month, and he's racking up the subscribers and he's racking up the dough. Yes, he is. Without (laughs) further ado, I'd like to introduce my good friend and producer, Derek Simpson, a.k.a. Homage. How you doing, Derek?
2: Man, I'm doing well. I don't even know how to follow up that intro. That was that was uh, that was fantastic. (laughs) we're we're
0: all about bigging up our guests we wouldn't have guests on that we didn't 100% believe in or that we didn't uh appreciate uh the efforts being made to pique our interest and to have you on and you know we really want I know John and I have been talking back and forth about really wanting to hear your story I know a little bit of your backstory but you know definitely looking forward to hearing uh you know some more in depth about it man
1: so yeah, Derek, man, just tell us a little bit of your backstory and how you uh, got to where you are today. Definitely,
0: man. Well, once again,
2: thanks, you guys for having me. I'm super grateful for uh, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. So uh, this is definitely dope to to be a part of this and just kind of share some of my story. Um, so a little bit about me. My name is Derek, as you said, um, got into production um, in, in uh, college, actually. Um, my freshman year at college, I went to, uh, I went to a party and the DJ there was terrible. He was playing like just some garbage nonsense. So, uh, <laughs> a couple a couple of my friends, uh, they were like, man, you, you like music. You have a pretty good ear for music. You know, you should, you should figure out how to DJ. Couldn't you just like, you know, plug your phone in? And I was like, no, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to try to figure out, you know, how to actually DJ. Right. So uh, that was kind of like my first intro into, um, I guess, DJing and, and production. Um, and everything kind of evolved from there. I bought like this really cheap mix track pro uh, DJ setup. And, and I remember when I bought it, I literally sat in my room like for six hours straight. And, um, was uh, I had just recently listened to Dilla, so I downloaded uh, a bunch of his instrumentals, and I was just DJing Dilla beats, and I thought it was the dopest thing in the world. (laughs) Nice. Um, And, uh, you know, so fast forward from there, I heard the beat uh, E equals MC squared, which is still, like, my favorite Dilla beat of all time. And I remember I was, like, I was, like, listening to it. I was, like, this cool. And then I really started listening to it, I was, like, how did he make this you know and um (laughs) i had played bass for a little bit in a kind of an alternative uh indie rock band in high school and so i knew about you know playing bass and um but i was like that was like the funkiest beat i ever heard so i was like i gotta figure out how you made this um and uh one thing led to another and eventually i was like man this is like you know learning about sampling um, really digging into hip hop and like understanding, you know, why were the the songs that I liked, uh, why did they sound good to me? And then realizing, oh, that's because they sampled this record. And, right. you know, it had this texture on it or, you know, yeah. they sampled from this era, you know, the 70s, they sampled soul music. And then, you know how it goes, you just kind of, one thing leads to another and you start learning, you know, about um, the culture behind the music at that the time in the 70s and then leading into the birth of hip-hop and I remember consciously deciding for myself like hey if I want to try to be a producer I need to like actually you know like study the craft like I need to study Dilla and like figure out like you know why was he doing this and what was the mindset behind that Um, which is actually kind of why I picked the name Homage was because I was Mm. like hey if I'm gonna do this I don't want to just be like another like you know producer i want to like actually understand and like
1: uh like contribute to the culture you know right right that's dope man man it's so cool to hear uh even that's your background you're a bass player and you're talking to one here man uh yeah you know i got the you know the gospel background the hip-hop the alternative as well and i approach production from that angle so man that's really cool to hear that in a second i could definitely hear it in your your beats man you got that uh you got a good handle on that <laughs> yeah appreciate yeah. you appreciate
2: yeah. you i haven't played bass in in a while um but i'm excited to get get my bass back from from the storage it's been in storage for five months so once i get wow. it back i can start doing the live bass lines again
1: yeah, there's nothing right. like it on the track man yeah.
0: so you just moved to california too so what what, what prompted that move
2: um actually so uh this kind of ties back into. um you know why i started selling beats online and stuff but uh my wife and i've always wanted to live in california and uh, you know eventually when i quit my job and then she quit her job we uh, we were at a point where like where do we want to live like if we could live anywhere because we we pretty much can like where would we want to live and um, so we picked palm springs we actually got married here um and uh there's actually a, a you know, there's some job opportunities that she wanted to pursue in the area as well um, mm-hmm. that she's really excited about, get her foot in the door. Um, and so we had the freedom. We just said, shoot, let's do
0: it. <laughs> That's really dope, man. And yeah. just to give the listeners a little bit of a background. So you actually, you guys got married. You had a full full time nine to five. You know, you were just, just doing the, the grown man husband thing, going to work every day. And... You actually figured a way to um, to start a strategy to move away from your nine to five to full time uh, music producer. So the main thing that I definitely want to ask is: so you're you're right on the cusp. We we, we mentioned in the very beginning that uh, you're a YouTube sensation. You're you're right on the cusp of hitting fifty thousand followers. You're only like three hundred subscriptions away. There's like 413 tracks and counting, obviously, um, uploaded to your page. You started the daily tight beat strategy on March 11, 2016. I did a little digging, and uh, yeah, you
2: did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, and before that, you only had around nine tracks up that spanned over the course of a two-year period. So, can you share with our audience? What got you started down this particular path and what it's ultimately taught you about the importance of brand strategy, because that's really why we had you on the show. Um, obviously your gift as a producer, but the one thing that I really enjoy about your story is the fact that you implemented a really great strategy. You just went from zero to a hundred. Almost it's not overnight, but it kind of feels like overnight. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, um, man, so the whole youtube thing started uh, i was still like figuring out my uh really my style and um i started uploading some stuff to youtube and those nine tracks that you say are on there are probably actually like my second or third year worth of beats because i had a ton of stuff up there before that i kind of like Put on private because i was like yeah i don't want people hearing this <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that you say that but um no really i uh i was at a point i graduated college and um i've always been like real entrepreneurial minded so um i i read the four hour work week by tim ferris i don't know if you guys it's
0: have- a great that- book Oof. it's a great so
2: book. i read that my freshman year of college and um switched to a business major. Um, but I always knew I wanted to do something like I wanted to be some type of entrepreneur. I wanted to do my own thing. And um, so when I graduated, I was trying to figure out what lane that would be. in. so I was trying a bunch of different stuff. I was trying, you know, digital marketing. Um, I was uh, trying to make beats. I was also building websites. Um, And then I was also like on the side, I was mowing lawns because my friend had a a lawn mowing business. So I was helping him mowing lawns. And I was like, not making anything like saving up for a ring like all of this stuff right and in the whole while i would be doing these other things but i was like okay let let's finish this project so i know that i have rent paid for the month so i can go make beats right and and so it really started as a passion Um, you know let me push everything else aside or let me finish everything else and then i can spend the rest of my time making beats Um, that passion over time, eventually I hit a point where I was like, you know, no, I wanna make this my one thing. And so uh, mentally I really made it, there was a a big turning point when I decided I wanna do this one thing and I wanna make all my money from it. There was a mental shift. Obviously the money wasn't there yet, but mentally once I committed to that, um, there was a huge shift in how I approached it um, from a brand standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, and just from a creative standpoint. Um, and one of the biggest like, like turning points for that was uh, when I was first uploading beats, you know, everybody's seen the type beats. And um, you know, I was like, at first I was like, I don't wanna list my music as a type beat because if I do that, then people are gonna think of me as a copy um, of something else they're gonna think I'm just trying to steal from other people and uh you know honestly I was like you know what I'm just gonna give this a shot because I'm living in a basement right now I'm kind of broke uh, I just <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just bought a I just bought a ring for my you know I'm about to propose um I was like man let me just try this out like um because I had already made the beat and uh Um, I already made the beat and I was like, who do I hear on this? So I, so I was like, fine, I'll just upload it as a type beat and see if that keyword works. And like at the time that, that beat got like a couple thousand more views than any of my other beats where I just put, you know, hip hop instrumental or whatever. Right. Um, and this is in like 2015. So, um, I don't know how saturated, like the type beat keyword was at the time.
0: And real, and real quick, right right before you move forward, can you just explain to the listeners what type beat means, just in case it might go over some people's heads?
2: Yeah, so this is like the the big debate on, you know, on the internet right now with producers. But for me, uh, type beat is literally a keyword on YouTube. Yep. Um, that it's simple as that. Um, so when you say uh, Kendrick Lamar type beat, that's what artists are searching on YouTube to right. find a a beat that sounds like something Kendrick could rap on. Right. That's not a that's not a thing that we as producers invented. It's the artists that are searching for the beats. They invented that because they're right. typing that in. Right. Um, eventually, that evolved into like this huge, huge, huge keyword. I mean, um, it's like one of the on Google Trends. It's like one of the top keywords if you type in hip hop beat or if you type in type beat those like on google trends are pretty equal if not type beat might be higher um recently but uh so i think people get confused because they hear type beat and they think oh this person just caught they heard the new kendrick lamar album they just copied it and now they're uploading but really it's actually a way for us producers to reach artists and uh um, I can see where, where it would be misleading. You know, if you list something as a tight beat, um, you kind of putting yourself in a box, I can see where that argument is. Um, but the reality is I've talked with, um, people who bought beats for me and they really appreciate that I put tight beat on there cause they know what to expect from that beat. So yeah,
0: exactly and and i I didn't mean to derail your your story but we i actually want to come back to that when we actually talk a little bit more about strategy because this is exactly why i had why we had you on the show is because i want people to there were there were already a couple things that you you said right there that i hope that there are creatives that are that are listening put a nice little check by you you talk you're talking about keywords and how important keywords are for your brand strategy but i let's let's get back to that a little bit later but i want you yeah. to continue your, your story um i believe you left off at uh you were broke i and, was uh, yeah i was broke man i was in the basement i
2: was working landscaping um and just like just really hustling you know um i ended up taking a full-time position at the landscaping job i was working at a gym as well so i was really working like two different jobs and uh but in the back of my mind, I knew that, like, long-term, I wanted to, uh, you know, be a full-time producer. So, uh, you know, long story short, like, things evolved over the next, you know, two years. And luckily, like, one cool thing about being married is, like, my wife definitely supported what I was doing. And she saw, like, the potential that, um, that, uh, you know, Um, making beats and selling instrumentals online had and she really encouraged me in that even while I was you know working these other jobs and then um, you know eventually it just grew to the point where I was making consistent money every month and my income passed up you know all my other jobs and we both kind of agreed okay so you know let's go three months And once your income from beats is is more than those other, you know, working landscaping and then working um, at the gym, you know, let's stop those and let's just focus on that. And, uh, you know, that's what happens. So
0: that's that's great. I think the thing that I appreciate the most about your story is that I remember I did something very similar probably back in 2011. And this is well before... YouTube beat strategies or anything like that, but the market was was shifting, and how you sold your production was starting to change. And this is before streaming and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the only streaming around that time was like SoundCloud, but um, or like piff or any of the other like mixtape type <laughs> sites. But uh, but I remember I re- I reduced my prices to like a hundred dollars a track, and I got so many people that were like, "Oh man, you're diluting your brand," you know. It's this and this and that, and they were, and I looked at them dead in their face, and I was like, "I'm making more money now. I'm making four times as much money now as I made by subtracting four hundred dollars off of the top." Yeah. So you can't convince me otherwise that this is a a, a bad strategy. So. It's amazing, Uh, John and I are are walking through a couple books that talk about how your ego is like your worst enemy and like your ego is the one thing that'll like really keep you hindered and won't allow you to progress and the thing that I've noticed with producers is um, I've heard people say negative things about type B producers or or that type of strategy and the interesting thing is that most of these guys aren't making that much money (laughs) and it's just like, I gotta think that the only reason why they're not implementing that strategy is because they're worried about their brand when I feel like that that's just a mask for they're concerned about their ego. and when you do, because your strategy has proven that you can still have a strong brand and you haven't diluted your brand at all if anything you have a thing called uh what do you call it a homage hive or something like that yeah
2: homage homage tribe yeah homage <laughs> tribe
0: yeah yeah so like that's that's like a thing and and actually if you if you go and you look at that hashtag it's actually trending uh on YouTube which is Yo, oh, really? crazy it is bro it's like number
2: I didn't even know that.
0: The last time I looked, it was like number 18 or something like that. And this is just like in your in your particular uh, in your particular hashtag uh, strategy. But it's just, you know, the fact that you were even able to create that just points to the fact that brand means so many different things to different people. Definitely. Right. And the most important thing in this whole thing is that you set out to do a strategy, you stuck to it, you were consistent, And not only did, uh, not only are the sounds good, but the way you presented them is very good and very unique and very much your own style as well. So definitely kudos to you, man.
1: I also love how, um, man, just you, you found that really amazing compromise between artistry and business, man. And that's something that so many guys like struggle with. A lot of people who I hope are listening to this podcast can help maneuver through that You know, you you said something very interesting, and I I know we'll touch back with it about strategy, but the whole thing about the tight beat, um, even keyword is not from the producers, but it's from the consumers. Exactly. So that is the most telling thing to me is like, man, if you want to be a really a real business businessman, you know, understand what does your consumer want? yo. Yep. the market (laughs) never lies, bro. The market doesn't lie, man. And that's exactly what you did. And, you know, kudos to you, man.
2: No, I appreciate that. Let me tell you something crazy about that, actually. So um, when I was like, you know, kind of on this cusp, like, oh, should I go all in on these tight beats? I started reading interviews and and Joey Badass, who's one of my favorite rappers, had recently put out um, the single for his, his debut album. Uh, the single was Christ Conscious. And yeah. that was like one of the hardest beats I had heard at the time. And I was Facts. like, I was going crazy about this beat. I was like, man, this is crazy. And uh, I read an interview and he was like, yeah, I found that beat on YouTube. I searched Joey <laughs> Badass type beat and found it on YouTube. <laughs> I don't need anyone else to tell me anything because Joey Badass just got a type beat on YouTube. Like, yep, yeah. I don't care what anyone else says.
0: Exactly. Facts. Yeah. And that's the, that's the interesting thing is, you know, with what we do, I think it's because it's in the arts. And like John just said, it's so hard for some people to. Separate to actually have like the art and the business kind of uh, coexist together, they really can't separate the fact that it's like, are you making money from this? And they're like, well, obviously. And it's just like, well, then it's a business, bro. Like you, you have to bend in some way. If you're just doing this for the sake of art, then don't expect to get paid. But if you're trying to get paid from this, then you're going to have to bend and you're unless you're just so extraordinarily talented that you can still sell millions of records or millions of beats or whatever, but that's just not in a, in a place where everything is saturated, and you have to separate yourself from the pack. You know, you just have to implement some type of strategy to you know to get ahead.
2: Definitely, and I think like another another thing along the lines of that is like, you know, if I had um, an ARR's email right now, and I have a stash of beats that I made and they say hey you know um j cole wants some beats do you have some beats for j cole i'm gonna go through my beats and i'm gonna click the ones that i think j cole would rap on right i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna send him something that i think future would rap on i'm gonna send him something i think j cole would rap on right so in a lot of ways it's like it's the same thing for me mentally like i make the beat and then i listen okay who do i think like if i were to send this to somebody who would i send it to and then you know that that's just what happens so
0: right and, and what may be what may be lost in in this as well i want the listeners to understand that derek is literally uploading these beats every day every day okay if he doesn't upload a track he lets everybody know why he's not uploading a track like i'm going to be driving 20 hours so i'm probably not going to be able to upload a beat for the next two days but then, literally after that twenty hours, the next day he uploaded a beat. So that consistency and staying on top of it, and not only are you uploading, but you're actually creating the visuals for it. And we kind of implement uh, a similar strategy for Soul Surplus when we when we create our licensing stuff. Um, which, by the way, you and I actually talked about in detail before we launched that strategy. So uh, much thanks to you for uh, for laying the groundwork and giving Definitely. us a little bit of a heads up, you know, on how to maneuver. Do you actually create a weekly schedule for your content or is 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 all this just off the top and whatever you're feeling at the moment?
2: Yeah, I used to. Um, I used to be big on the schedules. Um, I used to try to, you know, have things scheduled out in advance. And um, in an ideal world, I would. I would have, you know, beats laid out ready to go two two days ahead of time or maybe even have the whole week. Uh, scheduled out in advance but the reality of it is I wake up in the morning I'm like okay um, listen to last night's beat um, clean it up and then you know do the final mix or whatever make the graphic and then I upload it I mean that's just the reality like you know make the beat the day before finish it up the next day and then upload it so
0: gotcha
1: wait so wait right there you said you're, you're doing your own graphics as well
2: yeah yeah i it's kind of just evolved um out of necessity really like when i Mm. first started my graphics were not uh not great but i had an eye for it and it was actually really frustrating because i was like man i know how to make it i know what i want this to look like but i can't get it there and then you know uh, over a period of time i kind of just i downloaded affinity which is like a knockoff version of uh Photoshop and just kind of, you know, (laughs) taught myself how to make a halfway decent visual.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's even, I hope the listeners are listening to that too. You didn't allow the fact you didn't allow that to handicap you. You just said, I'm still going to put this out here, but I'm just going to learn on the way. There's so many people, they're not putting their out, their art or their business out there because they're trying to be perfect in what they do and they're just never going to reach that level of perfection that they think that they're going to reach right and uh as a matter of fact i know like john is dealing with that right now with working with somebody where there's just like this level of perfection and it's just like man you're so talented like you could literally just put out what you have and it would do well so um i hope that the listeners understand that you know you step right out there and you said hey I might not have this all together and it might not be you know 100% like on the up and up just yet but I'll get there one day and in the meantime I'm still showcasing what I'm good at but maybe the presentation isn't exactly where I'd like it to be but you still did it
2: well and that's the thing I, I learned is like people don't care as much as I care like <laughs> they, they get don't it, they really don't you and i get it like john you and i wes we get it because we're creatives and we like you're in design so you know like you know what looks good and i have a bunch of friends that are graphic designers so i know what looks good and i know my stuff i'm like it's okay but like Mm. the normal person on youtube doesn't and they don't they don't care about it as much as we care about it and once i like started putting my ego aside and and realized that i was like you know just keep moving
0: just keep moving that's dope man
1: awesome really really good for the listeners man keep moving so yeah with that being said you know like we just talked about you've done so well that you were able to quit your nine to five and do production full time it's great to see how you and others have been able to take advantage of a system and put real dollars in your pockets man definitely looking at our market right now how the shift had to happen for for survival honestly uh so with tech with technology and algorithms changing on a daily basis, how are you future proofing your brand? Are you going to ride a wave? How do you look to evolve? I know it's kind of hard to say that in the moment, but, uh, you know, maybe give us a little bit of insight on what you're looking to do.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's actually, this is a really interesting question because, um, I think this is kind of what birthed me doing daily uploads um because when i was first uploading you know quote unquote tight beats to youtube i w- i was really focused on trying to rank for that keyword um and eventually it just got so saturated and i was like there's no way i'm gonna rank for every single keyword and so my focus switched to building a channel you know um so i'm gonna keep doing keep focusing on these keywords but in let me figure out how to build a channel. That was my mindset. So I started looking at, um, you know, people like Casey Neistat or like these gaming channels on YouTube would just like blow up and like some of them upload four or five videos per day on YouTube. And, right. um, so one of my biggest switches was like, okay, let me build my channel outside of like just trying to rank for a keyword um so you know for the future that's why i picked youtube versus something like soundcloud or um you know like spotify that's why i put all my i guess eggs into the basket of youtube is like i was like okay youtube's the second biggest search engine and google owns youtube so i don't think youtube's going anywhere anytime soon Um, with that being said like Every once in a while there is a thought in the back of my head, okay, what happens if like YouTube stops being what it is? And uh, you know, the reality of it is like, if that happens, I'm going to adapt to that, um, you know, and uh, just me putting out content consistently is a uh, part of my strategy just to get attention to my brand. and um you know attention to you know oh there's another beat from homage man he's uploaded like however many beats this week and just like constantly seeing my name over and over is going to you know in the long term make people remember me and remember my brand and you know um, if in the case that like youtube were to stop being (laughs) such a thing that it was then um, that will carry over um, just because of the. The consistency and just like pushing forward um in that and um, really just focusing on um being offensive versus like being defensive i think a lot of like creatives will be like okay well um what happens if if i don't get this money this month or i can't pay rent or whatever i try to think of everything as more like i'm on offense you know like i'm, I'm trying to go score a touchdown like yeah. how can i um be on offense right now and uh you know pick up the next thing so like um i'm constantly looking out for like new apps like uh i think vero it is vero just like yeah i just heard i just heard about that the- yeah so i'm i'm still like trying to figure out the the demographic and like the culture in that app um But, and I still like can hardly use it because the app's not really working really well because so many people signed up like really fast, um, that it's like their servers got overloaded and stuff, but it seems to be a pretty dope app for like creatives, um, as an alternate to like Instagram. So I'm constantly looking for stuff like that where I'm like, okay, where can I find this open space that, you know, people aren't in and eventually, you know, bring attention back to my brand, but... You know at the end of the day it's really just trying to be on offense and and uh keep moving forward not looking in the past but just keep moving forward and uh consistently putting out content and just letting my my name be um seen as as often as possible so
0: right one of, one of the one of the great things that i've that i've watched um not from afar but <laughs> one, of, one of the one things that i've noticed that you've done with your brand is, and that I appreciate is how your approach on YouTube is different than your approach on Instagram is different than your approach on Twitter. And it's interesting cause I know for us with soul surplus, like we, w- when we first started, the approach was like, it almost felt like it was the same, like across the board. And probably around the end of October, we officially started like changing things up and we started doing things specifically for each environment and it's been great to watch each uh each platform the subscribers grow like almost exponentially so we went from i think we had like what do we have john like 35 followers on instagram in october Mm -hmm. we're like almost at a thousand in just -hmm. over like four months or something like that and then we just started full body on our youtube strategy like a month and a half ago and we're almost at a hundred subscribers in like just a little under a month you know what i'm saying so i really want you guys to go and look and to see how derek is doing everything on each one of his channels because it's very specific and you know and even just the fact that like you know you don't have as many subscribers on instagram as you have on youtube yeah but that doesn't stop you from also still having a daily strategy
2: it's the ego man i yeah. I had to push that aside a long time ago and it's worked pretty well um so far. But it's a daily struggle. Like I mean there's definitely times where I'm like, Man, if only I could get all of my YouTube subscribers to go follow me on Twitter, you know, but it's <laughs> just it's uh pushing that aside and really just being patient and, and focusing long term.
0: Nice. So with in and, and, and with your with your strategy So how, how, like, where's the balance as far as like how you're making money? Because I know you and I have talked about, you know, you're making the money from multiple, multiple angles and multiple streams, which, which, which platform is a little more heavy than the other or is it equal or is it, you know, is one like you're not making like any money while the other is really, you know, helping out because you have your own store and I know you do really well with your store.
2: Yeah, so um, I like to look at the different social channels as kind of like, I guess, advertising, if you will. Um, I would say my YouTube is the only social media platform that I have monetized individually, other outside of like selling beats. So I have my YouTube channel monetized. Um, But then other than that, everything that I post is to build brand awareness so that eventually sometime down the road somebody might buy a beat from me and uh um, i use BeatStars for my um for my store BeatStars is an incredible incredible platform and oh, yeah. uh, i have i have a i have a pro page on there so basically um it's kind of a template store but you can go in and customize every aspect of it and then right. i have my domain name registered to that so it looks like it's my individual website um, and functions as my individual website, but then everything is processed. Um, You know, payments are via PayPal. And then when people buy stuff from me, they get the files right away and they get a contract and like everything is immediate. Um, So that's, that's been like, that's been huge um, for me. But um, yeah, as far as like monetization, my big one is selling beats and then, um, secondary is is monetization of my youtube
0: channel got you nice so e-commerce wins once again yeah yeah we're uh we're we're right there with you you know our our store uh people come through check out what we have they pay for it they get the files immediately obviously you know because you you've you've caught from us a, a few times <laughs> yeah which is uh definitely going to segue right into the uh into the next question uh so you released your own official beat tape last month that actually features some soul surplus sounds plug intended and uh (laughs) i i really enjoyed it but how was the response for the project and does that daily grind of like daily uploads make a significant impact on your stream numbers and or sales
2: yeah, definitely. First of all, like the whole idea behind putting out the beat tape was really like, I, I had a bunch of um, like loose ends, you know, like producers we like to make like, we hear something and then we get inspired. So we might make a little loop or something and um, not really know what to do with it or or might, you know I was like, man, I, I don't really wanna hear somebody rap on this. I kinda wanna just listen to this. Right. Um, so that was the, the idea behind the beat tape. Um, there were some, some sounds featured from you guys in there that were just like, too, too fire to pass up, obviously. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was just like, uh, you know, how can I put, put out content for, um, for people like me, you know, and, and like when I'm working on, you know, whatever it is, like graphics or upload videos or whatever, I like to listen to a lot of beat tapes and I was like, you know, how can I put out content that is for more people like me that are that are listeners that might not buy a beat from me, um, but they might just want to listen to it. And the the goal with that was never really to um, to sell or to really monetize that in and of itself, but really just to continue building the brand and just have another way for for people to listen to you know homage beats um, and and not necessarily. Um, buy a beat from me um and it, and it was cool man i like i was really surprised because um i put that out and i wasn't really expecting much from it because i uploaded it to my channel and and it just says you know homage the the beat tape name is 25 because i dropped it on my 25th birthday um right. and it just says homage 25 full beat tape like there's no seo with that there's no like keywords there's nothing like i just put it out and i like if people listen to this, they listen to it, and uh, it ended up getting like close to 3,000 streams. I think it's been out um, what like two two and a half weeks now, and I put it up on Beats, uh, not Beat Stars, up on uh, Bandcamp just for people to download. Right. And people started paying for it. I was like, guys, what, what's going on here? Like, don't pay for this. But I noticed there's like some people on my channel that were like, hey, you need to put a donation button on your channel. Because a lot of us use your free instrumentals, but we're not gonna like buy stuff. We're just YouTubers, and um, and so I think that that kind of was a way for for people who are listeners and um, people who like use my beats and stuff for their for their videos and and whatnot to kind of just support you know me as an artist um, in and of itself. So it was it was really dope, man, to just put that out and, and not really expect much and. Uh, and to receive you know the love that i have on it's been really cool
0: so that that right there speaks to a strong brand bro seriously the power like money is cool but like the power of the brand like you can't really put a price tag on that you know what i mean yeah and um you know that's 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 really awesome that you're able to do that and i i know that's one thing that i noticed about your channel that you didn't tell me about i i when I first stumbled upon your channel, I was like, you know what, there's people that are just listening to this just to listen. What I equated to is giving, is giving your followers and fans something of value that they don't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. That if they got from somewhere else, they might have to pay for it. You know what I mean? That'd so. And it's, it's just amazing how just those little small strategies, this is why I wanted to have you on because John has heard me complain incessantly about the fact that I'm just tired of giving advice to guys and like they just don't have any patience. Your story is a story of patience. Your story is a story of diligence. In the beginning, there was no money. In the beginning, there was no notoriety. That did not stop you from doing what you're doing. You kept right on doing it and you, you put a couple years in and now look at you now and I just don't understand if you want to be a producer how you're not making production every day I just don't <laughs> understand that hey man I love what you guys are doing with Soul Surplus and you know I I, I want to do what you guys are doing and you know I I want to be a producer I want to be a musician and then you know you're like so you know what are you working on right now and their response is yeah man I'm trying to trying to get like, you know, two or three tracks done a month. And it's just like, fam, you you don't want to be a producer. This is, we're not going to have this discussion, but you'd be surprised at how much we actually get those types of replies. This just proves that if you want to do it, you'll do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head. It's black and white. Like for me, there's no other option. Like, it's just like, now that this is once I made that mental shift of like, this is my, this is my thing. Like, this is my job. Like it's no other option, right? And uh, I think I think uh, another thing along with that that uh, that I constantly battle with, and I I know all creatives battle with this, but is like this need for perfection and this need for like every single little thing you put out to be like the greatest thing you've ever seen or the greatest thing you ever ever heard. And you know, in reality, like for me, the the daily beat uploads, you know, making beats every day is really just practice. Like, I'm like, I'm in the gym. I'm taking shots right now. And the reality is, um, you know, you might really like the beat that I uploaded today, but John might not like it, you know. Um, and, you know, Buddy over there on YouTube might think it was the best thing he's ever heard and he might buy it. <laughs> So, at the end of the day, um, just, like, there's no other option. Like, that's what we're creatives. We have to create. We put it out. And, uh, you know, how people receive it is how they receive it. But, you know, if you believe in yourself and and you know that, like, as a creative, you perfected your craft, that's all that matters. And, um, you know, the reception is just, it is what it is, you know? There's a, it's like a, interview i read from pharrell uh you might have seen it it was like um he was talking about how he has to detach himself from uh the result of his work and how he was talking about i don't want to misquote it but he was talking about essentially how um people make hit records he's like i just do what i do i create and i put it out and like the people decide whether that's a hit record or not you know Mm. and that that like really influenced me as a producer obviously because it's pharrell but um, yeah
0: (laughs) mad gems on this podcast guys yes yeah definitely mad gems so can you tell the folks where to find you online i know you have a youtube page but you also have an instagram and a twitter
2: yeah i'm just uh homage h-o-m-a-g-e um on uh youtube and then my uh My Instagram is homage beats. My Twitter is the same. And then uh, my website is just homageproductions.com. and uh, send me a DM on Instagram. You know, I'm, I talk with everybody. I respond to like almost all my comments on YouTube, just something I like to do to engage with the community. So if you guys want to hit me up, let's talk.
0: Dope. Dope. Once again, man, we really appreciate you coming on with us. Hope to have you on again. When yeah. you pass a million subscribers and, and you let <laughs> us hold $50, but we're not going to talk. Oh.
2: About that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, on the real, it's been great. I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, just coming through and, and asking me to share my story. It's been great talking with you guys and uh, more success for 2018.
0: Yes, sir, yeah, man. For sure, man. Well, once again, we thank you and uh, we'll talk to you soon, Derek. Alrighty. Thank you for listening to the pixels and pads podcast at www.pixelsandpads.com you can also find us on itunes and the google play store and if you're feeling the show please do us a huge favor and leave a review